Hello, gamers! Welcome to Games and Feelings, an advice show about playing games, being human, and dealing with the fact that those games will involve other humans. I'm your host and question keeper, Eric Silver, and the game show that I think I would do great at is Press Your Luck, which is kind of just like the one where people go, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, stop. <laughs> and I think I would look pretty good saying, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, stop. <laughs> Permanent guest, Jasper Cartwright. What game show do you think you'd go, you would do well at? Uh, I think, oh, The Wall. Definitely The Wall. Have you heard of The Wall? Did you have that wow. over there? Oh, produced by LeBron James? Is, Absolutely. Is it produced by LeBron James? I had no idea. That's hilarious. I've never watched oh, it. Oh, because you didn't but... get the marketing for it because people in the UK would care less. Yes. So yeah, the whole thing about it was was that LeBron produced it. That's hilarious. Yeah, I just think I'd be pretty good at like p- twisting myself into a shape. Uh, oh, as a is that wall. the one where you're trying to get your body in a certain pose and then yes. fit oh. through a hole in a wall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, there that's... is a different The Wall produced by LeBron James, which is totally what? different. I will say you. Okay, what's that? What do you have to do with that one? Oh, God, I forgot. It's one of those things that just goes in your brain and disappears. <laughs> it was like there was a big, there was like a big Plinko ball involved and then trivia and stuff. I, I'll send it to you afterwards. Sure, Secret okay. Cool, 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 I like cool, yours cool. better, how you contorting it. Yes, yeah, so it's basically just like you see, the, you see the wall coming. There's like a shape cut out of it and you have to like put yourself in a funny pose, sometimes with like a partner or whatever. You know, you have to do it, kind of do it together and you might need to help each other. Uh, and mm. you basically not get knocked like into the water or whatever by the wall. Mm. Incredible. Hey, Jenna Stieber. Hi. What game show do you think you would do great at? Uh, I think I'd be good at Jeopardy because uh, I'm a legacy. My grandma won on Jeopardy once many, many Whoa. decades ago. What? Whoa, <laughs> mic drop. Heck yes. <laughs> so I feel like it's in my blood, right, yes, to be good at is. Jeopardy. It is. Was your grandma like training you from day from like day one? She gives you a fake buzzer and be like, "You can't buzz in too early, or then Mister Trebek will just knock it out." Uh, yeah, it was more of a passive training where she would be like, "See this vase? I got it uh, from winning Jeopardy." It was just back when like the thing that you won on Jeopardy was like a furniture set, like a living room set. That's sure. so cool. Instead I love of just that. hard cash, yeah. I love that. That's incredible. Now I want to go find it. And take a and like take a screenshot from that <laughs> image, and then just like and put it next to you, holding like a buzzer. <laughs> she had the VHS. We would watch it sometimes when I was over there. Her glory days on Jeopardy. I um, oh wow! That. <laughs> I don't incredible. know what happened to that though. I hope one of my relatives has it. <laughs> mm, that's fair, uh, Jenna. I didn't realize that the opposite of training you was just flexing on you perpetually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To really get me, it, that's the uh, what the eye of the tiger is. You look in the eye of the tiger and think, man, I want to be a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that tiger is so cool. I wish I had that vase like that tiger. <laughs> yeah. Tigers exactly. be so cool. <laughs> uh, incredible. Jenna, thank you so much for coming on Games and Feelings. I'm so happy to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here to talk about Games and Feelings, two of my favorite things. That's true. You yeah. love, my understanding is that you love both games and feelings. Is that correct? I do. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> uh, Jenna, if people don't know who you are, where would people know you from the internet slash what are you doing now? <laughs> uh, they probably knew me formerly from Polygon. I'm now an independent creator, so I've got all the things Whoa. an independent creator has, which is a TikTok and a YouTube, two YouTube channels, actually. I'm also on Twitch at the 
underscore Jenna. Uh, I'm on Twitter as so, in so much as Twitter is still extant. <laughs> yep. uh, but mostly I'm still I'm still doing video essays uh, on YouTube. So you can find me there and you should and you should subscribe and like all my videos. Yeah. Hell do yeah. yeah. Jenna, did I ever tell you that I actually based like what you used to do as a, in your master's degree on a character that I wrote into an audio drama? I think you have mentioned that actually, weirdly. I think you have, yeah, because my master's degree is in media and culture, which is why I'm so good at making videos about media and culture. <laughs> is your like thesis on horror movies or did I make that up? It was, yeah. My, my specialty was video game communities and horror culture. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought that it was so sick and I loved the horror movie videos that you did at Polygon. Yeah. And I just like, you know what? That's really cool. I like the idea that someone did their master's degree in horror in, and this is me taking your life and processing it into something else. Being like, I love the idea that someone would do this and may do a master's in horror movies and I just put it in an audio drama character. So thank you for uh, your interesting life and for allowing me to turn it into art a little bit. (laughs) Thank you for being interesting, Jenna. (laughs) You're you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. And you're so interesting that you're absolutely... Um, qualified to answer some advice questions, which we're going to do on this episode. Yeah. Uh, But first, we're going to do our our segment that we always do, which is games that are giving us feelings. Mm. As we talk about games that we're currently playing, that doesn't have to come out anytime soon. You you can play games for various reasons. And the feelings that you're getting, and we're going to assign an adjective to it, like LiveJournal. You remember LiveJournal? The 20-year-old listening to this podcast? I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna, as our guest, do you have a game that is giving you feelings? And what is the feeling it's giving you? Uh, So I just finished Hi-Fi Rush, which everybody is losing their absolute minds over. Have y'all played Hi-Fi Rush yet? Yes, I played all the way through. I started playing like the end game stuff mm. as well. Um, and I I think I mentioned on here just to say that like I love the way that a media expresses like um, one medium expressing a different medium. Like mm. Scott Pilgrim was a movie expressing music and video games, and this is a video game expressing music. Mm. I just it was that I thought that was really fun. Yeah. How are you loving hi fi how are you feeling about Hi Fi Rush? <laughs> See you assumed that I loved it, and that was your big mistake. <laughs> I did I did there's a lot I loved about it but I think that my live journal feeling is I think mainly conflicted because sure. aesthetically the game is so primo and the way that it implements the rhythm elements and the beat elements in just so many parts of it visually like all of the trees and everything bumping along to the beat so that you keep the beat with it is so um so satisfying and i think the level design is incredible and it it's such a game it's such like a game ass game which i really <laughs> love it's a whole ass game i love it it's a whole like you're like wow this is a game this is video games um but i in the actual playing of it i found the movement tech to be really unsatisfying Mm. and so that made it it just as from like a pure gameplay standpoint i found it really frustrating because like you have like the dash and if you hit the dash uh, timely and three times in a row um you get like a little bit of a boost but then there's like this reset animation so you can't really string together dashes in an endless way and so i felt like every time i was getting any sort of momentum the the game made me forced me to reset to the beat 
And that was really frustrating for me. Ooh. Yeah, I, I remember doing those strings of dashes, but I never did it in a fight. I always did it while I was running, but mm. it felt like I was just like keeping time, like I was an ambient drummer. Like I was just <laughs> doing like the triplicates of like one, two, Ooh. three, rest, one, two, three, rest. Yeah. But that's not, I was just being like, there because the main character runs on beat. So he's so slow unless you dash. Yeah, he right. walks on beat. He walks notably, on beat. there yeah. is no run, <laughs> and that was also so infuriating for me. Is it just like it, the game really wants to enable you to act on the beat, but it also restricts you to acting on the beat? Whoa! Ooh. It's like that's the that's the double edged sword. It's like, well, you don't have to hit the beat. You only you get bonuses if you're on beat. But therefore, all of your actions are on beat, regardless of what your button presses are, Yeah, which is complicated. Yeah. And I, I really liked the combat. I thought the combat was really satisfying. But then so much of the game is platforming and walking and jumping. And I just didn't, that didn't satisfy me very much. Huh? Mm. So conflicted. Jenna, when you play RPGs, are you a run out of the way kind of person? Or are you a parry and block person? Ooh. Because in Hi-Fi Rush, mm. they make it essential to know how to parry on beat. <laughs> and Jasper, uh, fucking hard. Fucking it's hard so as hell. Hard. <laughs> so yeah. like I'm a dash out of the like Dark Souls and Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, yeah. a Run out roll of out of the way person. Yeah. I don't give a shit about parrying. No, I hate parrying. It does my head in and I can never time it right. So like that was really difficult for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was another thing that I thought was really interesting because the part of the pitch of the game is that they wanted to make a rhythm game where you didn't have to have good rhythm, which I think is yeah. funny and good. I think it's a good concept. But then, oh, just kidding. There are these mandatory <laughs> parry sections where mm. actually you do need to have really good rhythm. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I could see how that like meeting went where they're like, okay, okay so we're gonna make a rhythm game where you don't need to have good rhythm. And then they all sat there for half an hour and went Okay, it's already possible. So, like, let's just make <laughs> let's just make a cool rhythm game and hope nobody notices. Because, like, that does seem like a really flawed concept. As someone without with bad rhythm, I'm very tempted to try this game out to really stress test this game. Because <laughs> let me tell you, my rhythm isn't great. Like, I can I can dance, but like when it comes to like, yeah, playing an instrument or whatever, I'm I got poof. <laughs> Well, I think you'd still be able to crush Hi-Fi Rush because it really is – it is well designed to so that you can still be good at the game even if you're not good at rhythm. Um, mm. So to answer your question, no, Eric, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dodge baby. I like yes. to do little dashes and rolls and I like to maneuver around the battlefield. And I mean the game does give you – like I really – I made a lot of use of the grappling hook that lets you grapple and get close to enemies. Love um, that, yeah. And so I was just always bouncing around the battlefield, bopping people and then disappearing before they could hit me. But then it grinds to a halt to do these parry sections. And that was infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only time that I really liked it was when uh, you're fighting a boss because the boss mechanics are, I think, are really interesting in the way that like in a tabletop RPG setting – you can do interesting stuff. It's not just like kill boss. It's like a contest or something. Yeah. And it reminded me of the base battle in Scott Pilgrim, where it's like doing a rhythm section back and forth at each other. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. It's like, oh yeah, doing a rhythm game allows you to do a different type of boss battle. But like, again, I was just like, fuck, I also have bad rhythm and I'm doing <laughs> so badly at this. Uh, I think it, my experience was also tainted by the fact that I was uh, streaming the game Oh and my god. So I had to use 
the the DRM free audio. So I didn't I didn't play it with the original audio that they chose for it. I played it with the sure. streaming audio. Uh, oh, wild! And yeah, and the, the the original soundtrack that they have absolutely slaps. It's very good. But I think there are some portions of it that didn't quite line up but i say that and maybe i was just bad at the game (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i can't believe you did it on stream and i watched you on stream do it as well and i'm just like jesus christ jenna is opening herself up to people saying oh she's bad at games and has no rhythm jesus (laughs) christ (laughs) well here's the thing is i am good at games i beat five of the six bosses on the first try in that game and that is hard for any game but for this game in particular because they throw new mechanics at you mid-boss battle frequently <laughs> it was it was a pretty stellar run I, I, it was the second to last boss uh i did not successfully beat on the first try which was so oh, yeah. devastating that's awesome I yeah, jenna, okay incredible. jenna you're a you're a cool gamer girl and we know it I I, know. congratulations you. your certificate <laughs> will be in the mail it will be there within five to seven business days <laughs> incredible yeah high fire rush very nice and conflicted i assume you're like making like a thinking face and also grimacing a little bit. Yeah. Well, if we're doing live journal, I probably had like when I had a live journal, I had like uh, custom emotes for all the. Do you oh, remember sure. how you could just download like emotion packs for all the feelings? Mm-hmm. So I probably would have had like a Sandman themed uh, <laughs> <laughs> emoji. I know. <laughs> I know. It. It's probably one of the characters, but I'm now imagining it's Neil Gaiman making all the faces <laughs> like a cartoon Neil Gaiman. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, could have been. Yeah, that would have been amazing. I would have downloaded that. Hell yeah, incredible. Jasper, what's a game that's giving you feelings, my man? The game that has given me feelings is Thirsty Sword Lesbians uh, by Evil Hat Productions. Yeah. Uh, we played it on Three Black Halflings last night. Uh, yes. It was my first time <gasps> properly playing a Powered by the Apocalypse uh, like game system and... Uh, first time with Thirsty Sword Lesbians, and uh, it was kick-ass. It was so cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and like I've been a big fan of like Monster Hearts, um, and so really wanted to play a Powered mm. by the Apocalypse game, and was just kind of really fascinated by playing a game that has like actual uh, emotional and social mechanics, because uh, yes. it's something that I've railed against, like you know, other TTRPGs for uh, not having kind of appropriate social and, and emotional mechanics. So it kind of requires a lot of heavy lifting on the part of the player. Um, Sorry, charm person isn't good enough for you. Um, you know what? <laughs> it's just that that it's it's trash. Like just just that is like, it's, like that's, it's not enough. So yeah, it's trash. Uh, and, and, and you know, and it's the sole reason why you know typically like actors or performers or very kind of naturally like high charisma people tend to play those games because they are capable of doing the, that kind of heavy lifting without thinking. And I think it was really fun to play a game that very much like held you in that. Um, and I feel like we able to like hit emotional notes and things whilst playing that game like very, very easily and very quickly without it feeling disingenuous or so yeah, had a fantastic time playing that game. It's so much fun. The mechanics like made for just such a hilarious game and like the whole thing just it, it yeah, I, I think it's a great listen and I'm very excited for people to hear it. So uh yeah, Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Uh props to to Evil Hat Games. It's awesome. It's making me feel it's making me feel <laughs> uh fantastic. 
It could you it did. Like I kind of felt like just afterwards, I just felt kind of like really like I just wanted to like run around a little bit. Like, yeah, this was fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just felt like I felt like someone had come over and like stroked my mental health. You know, and just mm. been like, hey, <laughs> you're okay, you're good. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what I needed. That was lovely. I had a great time with my friends talking oh, about my emotions. <laughs> shh, it's okay. You're petting you like a horse. Yeah, literally. That's exactly yeah. what it was. That's exactly what it is. What a it great, great pitch for a game. Incredible. Uh, yeah, you can just buy thirsty sword lesbians anywhere that you can pick this stuff up. I also did not know it was from Evil Hat specifically, which is awesome. Yeah. Evil Hat has been making such interesting stuff lately, uh, especially me combing over uh, Monster of the Week stuff for what we did on Join the Party. Uh, like, I'm mm. really excited about the new expansion for Monster of the Week, which they're coming out with, which has, like, you know, team moves now, which is really cool, and uh, <laughs> I'm just super fucking stoked about that. Listen, there's 147 books in stock, and I assume all the listeners are gonna buy all that, so y'all better fucking get on that. Get on it. Eric, what game's giving you feelings? Oh, shit, you hosted me back. Let's look, look, let's see, I'm Flip getting it. it. I'm getting it. Look, you know what I mean? I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. I'm doing yeah. it. Uh, my emotion, I'm going to start with my adjective first. I am resigned because, <gasps> wow. uh, listen, I'm going to see the Super Mario movie as soon as it comes out. <laughs> that fucking got you. Listen, man, it's... There's something I think about the fact that Illumination is making it, which are the Minions folks, mm. and that it's not di like Disney or something else. So like, I'm not saying that Illumination isn't like a very large company as a part of it, but I feel like it's like, yeah, it's just out there. Why not? I'm just going to do it. It looks so cool. They're doing a Nintendo Direct specifically for the final trailer of it, and I hate that. Oh, like, It's like, I would yeah, love Mario Odyssey 2. I want that. Mm, I mm. want that so bad. But you know what I want just as much? To watch this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a good yeah. way or in like a hate watch No, way? in a good way. I think it looks really fun. Yeah. I don't care about all of the fan service. I think that there's actually like deep cuts they can put in, especially like as comparing yeah. the D&D &D movie as compared to the Mario movie. Mm. Like, you know, they put out that that trailer during the Super Bowl. I don't know if, if y'all saw that because Jasper, you don't live in the country where people give a shit about the Super Bowl. And Jenna, I don't know about your football predilections. Number one football fan in the world. I love that old hand egg game. <laughs> yes, thank you for calling it by its appropriate name, hand egg, and not football, because it's not football. <laughs> uh, points to you, Jenna. Carry on, Eric. Man, sports ball would have been so much better if it was hand egg. It'd like Chris great. Hardwick just saying hand egg instead. That would have been... That that Pass me the hand egg. I need to off the hand egg. <laughs> you know what's wild? In Irish-style rugby, it is called the hand egg. So that's actually pretty interesting. Is no, it? it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. You fucking got me. See, that's how little I know about football. Oh, no. As the number one fan, I feel like you should probably know more about it. Seems, you know, <laughs> I'm more know. of an emotive fan. That's fine. That's, <laughs> half, that's the majority of being a fan, Jenna. Yeah. You're totally on the way. Yeah. Facts? Data? Yeah. No. Uh, Jenna, I'll teach you how to scream about the, the Knicks at some point. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. the So, they, they released this, like, commercial, which was, like, a, a plumbing commercial for the Mario Bros. And, like, oh, it was yeah. really interesting. It had, like, a lot of, like, Nintendo and older lore in it, which is, like, from games from, like, the 1980s and from the Mario Super Show. Like, the, the song was really similar to the one from the Mario Super Show. And I'm like... 
All right, you know what? That's cool. I I like it. I like that you're giving it to me. Like Rainbow Road looks cool. All the Mario Kart stuff looks cool. There was like a, a world from Odyssey that was flashed really quickly, like the desert level that was on there. I'm like, it just looks nice, and I just <laughs> like the idea that they're just kind of putting it out, and maybe it's like the Nintendo magic is sprinkled on it where people aren't. Like the American need of companies to shove something in your face and be like, you love this, right? You love it. And maybe like <laughs> Nintendo is just being like not doing that. And I kind of like that. But like I am going to see the movie. I'm just like I'm resigned of how much I'm going to love mm, it. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like I would love it if it was Prattless. Like I think it, if it was sure. Prattless, I'd be yeah. like really involved. But like. I'm just kind of like, yeah, this guy, I mean... I don't like him. Yeah, it's something about the cut of his jib, which I just, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I trust you. You just seem kind of not good. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> it's definitely from his church affiliation. That's yeah. the reason. Yeah, that's yeah, the reason yeah, why. 100, yeah. 100%. I 100% agree. I don't like Chris Pratt. I don't like all the shit he stands for, and his Mario is stupid. Mm. And I also think yeah. that Anya Taylor-Joy makes Princess Peach just sound like a regular human woman. But, like, all the other casting is fucking awesome. So it's like, I don't know. Jack Black Primo. Yeah, to be fair, I haven't seen any of the other casting, to be fair. But the thing is, what I'm annoyed at is the fact that we got what's probably going to be the best Mario movie of the year from SNL. Uh, That... Yeah. This, oh, I you need to watch the sketch with Pedro Pascal. Oh. It's me, Mario. It's incredible. <laughs> it is so <laughs> damn funny. And I was like, this I could see. This I would 100% pay my money right now to go and watch this. This is incredible. <laughs> really, Pedro Pascal for every single role. He's so talented. It's, it's I, crazy. I saw the funniest thing. Someone <laughs> screenshotted a, what, I, I, what I, I genuinely thought was like a real news article for a split second. And it said, science, uh, science reveals that by 2040, all, uh, all TV shows will involve Pedro Pascal escorting a magical baby somewhere. <laughs> and then he just had a picture of the Mandalorian and Last of Us. And I was like, that's incredible. That Also, I'm fine with it. Like, let's, have, <laughs> let's just have that be the plot of everything. That's fine. What a niche. What a niche. Yeah. Hey, it's Eric. And I picked up some snacks for games and feelings. I got you a pizza that I found on the street. It replenishes 20 HP, and there were a bunch of turtles around it. I'm sure that's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. Ordinarily, this is where I tell you to subscribe to the Patreon, which you should still do at patreon.com slash gamesandfeelings. But really, I want you to recommend this show to a friend. The best way to grow a podcast is through word of mouth. And, you know, if you're enjoying this, if you like the balance of comedy and actual giving of advice, you want someone to talk intelligently or at least kind of uh, knowledgeably about games, you like Jasper, you like the weekly setup, just tell people about the show. Please, we would love the show to keep growing, and we need the Games and Feelings folks to make that happen. Shout out, as always, to producer-level patrons Polly Burge, Kelsey Duffy, and Megan Moon, who are much better than us and Mario Kart, but aren't weird about it at all, and you still make it fun. Thank you. Patreon.com slash Games and Feelings. Tell people about the show. You should also check out the other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective, but today I want to tell you about something else that's exciting. It's new Multitude merch! We finally have a t-shirt and a sweatshirt. You can grab a Multitude logo tee or a crewneck sweatshirt now in our DFTBA store. 
More merch is on the way, so stay tuned for updates. And as always, all multi-crew members of the $10 tier and up get 10% off all Multitude merch. Are you Team T or Team Crew Neck? Tag at Multitude Shows on socials once you have your merch so we can settle this debate once and for all. And of course, feature you in communications to come. Just go to our website, Multitude.Productions, click on the merch button, and check it out today. We are also sponsored this week by Hero Forge. Hero Forge offers fully customizable tabletop minis with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. Here's how I can show you how deep their creator is. I'm going to list all of the different colors that you can make your hair. We got Platinum Witch, Old Salt, Wizard Gray, Wolfpack Gray, Lone Beast Brown, Hermit Gray, Butterscotch Blonde, Maple Blonde, Corn Syrup Blonde, Blonde Wheat, Cashew Brunette, Dijon Brunette, Pecan Brunette, Almond Brunette, Walnut Brunette, Chestnut Brunette, Shiitake Brunette, Sautéed Mushroom Brunette, Brack Truffle Brunette, Truffle Black, Salt and Pepper, Charcoal Ice Cream, Burgundy, Baharat Red, Paprika Red, Red Saffron, Rosé, Merlot, Purple Cabbage, and Eggplant, and then there's the dyed ones, the colored ones, which are Tomato, Orange, Mandarin, Banana, Lemon, Nub fruit, which is like a, an orange and green, lime, apple, watermelon rind, blueberry, rubus leocodermis. I don't know what that is. It's like a blue purple. Grape, plum, boysenberry, raspberry, dragon fruit inside of a watermelon, passion fruit, expensive blue dyed plantain, <laughs> mint, nectarine, and peach. Woo! Visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often. New content is added every week. And now, back to the games. All right. At the risk of us talking about Pedro Pascal for fucking ever, let's get to some questions, all right? <laughs> yep. Uh, I have a first one. I have a first one here, and this one is specifically to Jenna. Uh, it's from me, Eric Silver. Uh, so my fun, <laughs> my fun name, who's writing in for this, is uh, uh, the yeah. The fun name I think should be number one Jenna fan. Whoa! Uh, number one Jenna fan. Number one hand egg fan. Yeah, number one hand egg fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild that I predicted this while I was writing the letter. Um, well, you're such a big fan. You know I call it hand egg. I don't know. <laughs> I've gone deep in your Polygon videos and you referenced hand egg once and I'm like, oh my God, I know it. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, you said it once on Awful Squad and now I'm like, fuck, I'm in. <laughs> Jenna, yeah. um, tell us about Pathfinder and why mm. I need another combat-focused fantasy prescriptive tabletop RPG in my life. <laughs> I mean, the main, my main pitch for Pathfinder is that it's just, it's better D and D and better in so many different ways. It's sort of the middle ground. So if you're familiar with uh, 3.5 uh, is the, the number of D and D that Pathfinder is based on. And the jump from 3.5 to 4.0 in D and D was sort of tragic and terrible. Um, mm -hmm. Cause 4.0, they were like, D&D &D was like, oh man, we really, 
this has gotten too complicated. There's so many skills. You need a special skill to use ropes. Oh, no, we did a bad job. (laughs) For for 4.0, they tried to simplify things, but then uh, they they shifted the boat too far in the other direction and made it bad. And it was just too simplified. And Pathfinder really cuts the middle ground there between like the sort of excessive rules nature of 3.5 and the absurd simplicity of 4.0. So if you're looking for a D&D substitute. It's just it's just better D&D. <laughs> Although I like 5.0. I like some of the I like the advantage disadvantage system that they they instituted in D&D 5.0. But like mm. Pathfinder itself is just like it's streamlined and since it came out and since I started playing it when it came out since then it it it's just expanded to have so many interesting different class varieties and ways of kind of customizing and and creating little modules for your characters and so if you're looking for a combat focused uh D&D game Pathfinder is it it's better than D&D just go for it and you won't you won't hardly notice the difference other than it's easier mm. to that point I would like to follow up with you and say hey you're on an actual play podcast mm-hmm. called burnt cookbook party correct yes I am and uh what uh what game system do you use for that oh why we happen to use Pathfinder what? Wow. interesting interesting <laughs> I'm looking at the art of uh, burnt cookbook uh, party <laughs> and it says it's a D&D podcast explain <laughs> oh no Fucking entrapment! I can't believe you. That was that was officer. You have to say that you're an officer when before you uh, start asking me. Like, if I ask you whether you're a cop, you have to tell me. Yeah, it's too late to plead the fifth. Well, Eric, here's the real reason. So I did make the logo. Um, for the show, and I did play around with Pathfinder, but here's the thing, and Eric, you fucking well know this. Jasper, I you do. probably know this too, is that if it's not a D&D podcast game, it's really hard to get listeners. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll, you'll notice that like a lot of the big D&D actual play shows start with D&D and then kind of expand out to other systems. And there's a fucking good reason for it. It's because it's really hard to brand a show as a D&D actual play RPG podcast if you're not doing D&D, because nobody knows what the fuck Pathfinder is. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's like the way that uh, we've uh, talked about it is it's like the largest majority of people like n- understand D&D. It's kind of a bit like English as like a or Spanish as like a se- everyone's second language. It's kind of like <laughs> but there isn't that second TTRPG, which is like any bigger than any other one if that makes sense mm. like there's a lot of like mm. amazing ttrpgs that aren't don't quite have that pool and people don't quite understand the language of it therefore it's hard for people to listen to if they don't yeah. you know what i mean if they're not like committed to like you know figuring it out which once you've got a listenership you know then you can switch right like what you were saying mm. jenna with like mm. bigger shows kind of switching onto a different system because then people are like oh i'm committed i like these guys so i don't mind spending a bit of time like familiarizing myself yeah. with new rules but like that's kind of the way i look at it it's like there's just not that like i'd probably say it is pathfinder is like the biggest one but like it's <laughs> yeah. still probably not like people aren't pathfinder literate enough you yeah. know what i mean for you to be like i'm gonna stake the whole thing on this because you know it is just super hard to get people to come along and listen if they don't understand all the rules and also pathfinder has like mad customization so oh, i yeah. could definitely imagine it being like the first episode being like 
whoa, wow, wow, where are we going? Where are we doing? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has like built-in rules for customization too, which is like mm. it, it, it is actively enabling you to customize your game. But it's also so like, cool. I, I think the thing I like about actual play podcasts in general is that if you have this base language of D&D, then the the mechanics can kind of fade into the background and you can focus more mm. on like the gameplay and the the plot and the characterization and the the jokes the laughter yeah. and so <laughs> it, it and I, I think that's something i struggle with even with shows that started with D&D and transitioned to other systems is that like the mechanics of the game suddenly become so prominent because you have to explain this whole other system of engaging with the world and it's sort of like i i don't need to know all the details just roll them mm-hmm. dice and then tell me what the result is and let's keep going and do yeah. cool things yeah stunts <laughs> First of all, I just want to say, after everyone called me a cop on my own podcast, (laughs) Jenna, I think it's fucking hilarious that the show that you play Pathfinder and you put it on, uh, you say it's a D&D podcast. I think it's really funny, and I just wanted to give you the credit for the joke that it is. Um, And I, I totally agree with you. As someone who loves games and coming up with game mechanics and, like, mushing Dungeons and Dragons and other types of games into being like or adding other games into it and turning something into like you know how do you use a game or or play to tell a story i love doing it but no one is as into game mechanics as i am <laughs> especially of our listeners they just like want to hear us make jokes and tell stories and do all that fun stuff and, <laughs> yeah. and funny voices yeah. so it's like that's why so many shows devolve into incredibly rules light or or flexible game mm. systems mm. and which is just about storytelling and you you know no one wants to sit around and hear long form improv as a story like i know <laughs> that that's like a form of podcast but it's like at some point it's like okay we're at the end of the episode and then we're wiping the slate clean or it's mm. like you know something like hello from the magic tavern where it's like the joke is we're stuck in all the stupid decisions that we've been making the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Burdened by their own canon. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I, I totally get it. I think it's it's interesting about the push and pull of what actual play is supposed to do as it relates to um, the actual games we play, especially when we're playing another game, a D&D. And, and, you know, as table, I say this all the time, but you can see that the tabletop RPG medium has developed because the games are getting more and more specific Mm. telling more and more specific types of stories um so if you don't want to play very specific stuff like for example you don't want to be a thirsty sword lesbian (laughs) or a monster hunter or a bigfoot or teen bigfoot that wants to turn (laughs) people on shout out to monster hearts too um (laughs) then like you got you want to play something that's like broad which is where where you get something like D or pathfinder and then you gotta like am i gonna choose the thing that's more niche uh mm. maybe maybe not even if it's better yeah, yeah. i think there's so. room i hope there's room for that kind of exploration i hope there are shows out there doing like a new a new show every week or <laughs> every every three months they switch to a different kind of game that would be a cool mm. cool concept for a game but it's also like it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work onboarding your audience to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like the assumption has to be going into it. Like, I'm going to teach you a new game or your friends at the table and you're like, just follow me, man. Yeah. Just follow yeah, just me, whatever track. I'm Come doing. Along. Come along with me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we are going to spend a lot of time talking about Lancer and you are not going to understand anything about <laughs> Lancer, but you're just, just follow it. <laughs> 
Incredible. Okay, thank you, Jenna. I did not mean to put you on the spot like that. But I <laughs> no, think it's. Funny. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I think it's important. And uh, also, hey, do you guys have any drugs? <laughs> <laughs> do you have? If you have any drugs, just let me know. I'm fine. Just, I'm a cool guy. You know. uh, yeah, sure. I can probably go to the supermarket and get you some paracetamol if that's. Uh, what you need? Like, are you in? Oh pain? yeah, no. How about a street drugs, Jasper? <laughs> street drugs. <laughs> name one street. Yeah, drug. yeah. Name me the street drug you want, and I'll see what I have. <laughs> oh, like um, like Kinder eggs. <laughs> I can't get those in the United States. Well, guess what? I'm a cop, Eric. Kinder eggs no, are illegal shit. in America. So. Oh my god. My, gotcha. I run away with my trench coat full of Kinder eggs. No! <laughs> He's getting away with the hand eggs. No! <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is very oh, funny. Dear. All right. Let's go right. <laughs> let's go right into a question from a real person who's not me, shall we? Yeah. Please. Uh, well, we're just talking about game mechanics. So I think that we should uh, touch on this question from uh, someone who wrote in, uh, and their name is Punch Me! <laughs> Whoa, that's an energy. That's a whole yeah. energy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I am playing a barbarian in our game's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> that game. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Piecing it together. Mm -hmm. In D D, we're still pretty low level, and once my companions have used up their abilities in the first round or two, <laughs> I'm pretty much the only person who can do damage or take a hit. <laughs> so I'm raging a lot. And mm -hmm. I gotta stay in rage, and they transition to support or trying to accomplish something else while I am tanking. The, the question uh, asker wrote this in, and I think this is really helpful. Um, the rage mechanic, as you might know, uh, sorry, I, I'm editorializing. They're being really helpful. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> the rage mechanic requires that I take or deal damage each turn so I don't get hit. Ooh. Sometimes I'll ask my companions to punch me. Sure. Our DM hates this, <laughs> but it works. And so far he lets us get away with it but we derail to justify it every time. Our justification basically revolves around me still taking damage and a party member using their major action on their turn. The DM still doesn't like this, but like I said, let's just do it. Where do you fall on this? What's your argument for either way? I mean, if the I mean, this is the struggle, right? Is that if the mechanics of the game let you do it and it sounds like this is all above board mechanically, then- It is. I arguably it's fine, but then on the other hand, D and D is not just a game about mechanics. It, it's a social game where you are playing with people. So if your if your DM hates it, <laughs> then <laughs> then maybe it's not a great thing to do. But on the other hand, on the third hand, <laughs> which is where I'm at now. Whoa, Jenna's got four, <laughs> three hands. Whoa. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm the, I took the shapeshifter barbarian class, so I've got nice. a third limb here. Uh, nice. It, on the third hand, it, if your DM doesn't like it, they have the power to find a way to stop it mechanically. And yep. so, right? Like if they just, if they, if they hate it enough, then they can just say that don't do that anymore. Find mm. a new strategy. And I mean, I, I appreciate it, especially in longer term games, which just kind of sounds like it is going to be. Mm. Uh, from a DM standpoint, sometimes it just gets boring. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. do the same exact thing mm. in combat every time. Definitely. I think, like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you, Jenna. I think you outlined the different hands very well. Because um, <laughs> I think that, like, first of all, yes, it like, technically it's absolutely above board. 
I, like, I personally don't have a problem with it in-game because the Barbarian's taking damage, it's it's sacrificing mm. an action of another player, and narratively yeah. it kind of makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I, can't, I completely buy the idea that a very angry person gets more angry when, they're pun when their friends punch them in the face. So, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I buy that. That's fine. So... Yeah. Like, that's where I would rule as a DM, but I completely agree with you in the sense that if you're a DM who doesn't like something, then you could come up with a solution. My advice really here would be for the DM, like, hey, look, if you don't like it, offer them an alternate, more narratively satisfying option. Because yeah. I think DMs are very quick to be like, oh, I really hate this, this is really bugging me. But like, not kind of thinking of a way to overcome the problem you know, with which will be narratively satisfying for the players. If the players are doing something that's annoying you, it's probably because the the players really enjoy doing it. Like the players, <laughs> the players yeah. are probably having a great time being like, "Yeah, punch me!" And then he gets punched, <laughs> and then he runs over and punches someone else. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that that like they're clearly having a fun time doing that. So like. Why don't you find a narrative? Like, why don't you say to the barbarian, "Hey, I've got a list here of things that you can do instead of getting taking damage. Mm -hmm. I'm going to change the mechanic. Instead of taking damage or, or dealing damage, you can use any of these things to keep yourself in a rage." You know what I mean? Like, give Ooh, them a, li a little list of like other options that they could do to keep themselves in a rage, which could be super stupid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it could be like really funny stuff, just like. You have to plank for the entire round or something. Like, like you know, it can be anything you want, but just something that will like spice it up a little bit for you as the DM to make your player do some funny stuff, and they'll probably also really enjoy it because it will keep them in a rage. So that'd be I my that. that'd be my suggestion. That's such an interesting strategy for like uh, this thing that is clearly a point of conflict, turning that conflict into like a fun new mechanic or a fun mm. new strategy for the player. That's so smart. I love that. Mm. I really like that. Honestly, I feel like that's being achieved by people using their action to keep them in a rage and punch them. Yep. I honestly think that that's really cool. I yeah. think that if they used their attack and they actually had to attack regularly, that could be something that is important. It's like, you know, as a barbarian, if you're in a rage, you can't put your defense down. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you would allow even your friend to, because you were in a frenzy, to mm. hit you without being okay with it, without like changing your AC, quote unquote. Mm. So I feel like you got to do the attacks to do it. So either, and then like you might accidentally crit on your friend, yeah. which is very funny. You might miss, which I think is funny. So uh, you could also like make them expend a rage token for it mm -hmm. uh, to keep it going while it's going. I mean, I'm looking at it right now and it says that a rage only lasts for one minute. Yeah, and yeah. I know that that's 10 rounds in combat, yep. but I still think that like, that's not a lo lot of time, especially like me, you think uh, initiative is stupid and you <laughs> might want to like extend a fight <laughs> over an error, an action sequence over more than a minute. Yeah. Maybe it's like, all right, well your rage goes away because you've been standing around doing something for a minute and then you got to turn it back on. Like mm -hmm. I, I want about this specific situation where it's like I'm an initiative no one has hurt me but I want to keep my rage going like that feels mm. so narrow to me I feel mm. like what you're saying Jasper is like change the ch like I don't even think you need to come up with new mechanics I just think you need to reframe what these action sequences are in terms of time because if we're using the letter of the law you should use the letter of the law in terms of uh, keeping the stuff going and how long the stuff goes for yeah yeah and they you know the game wouldn't call it a frenzy if your friends couldn't help <laughs> <laughs> yes jenna's what jenna's one games and feelings everyone 
Um, the, the podcast is, is finished now. Uh, this is going to be the last episode. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> hmm. Thank you. Now I know Jen is a cop because she has an earpiece <laughs> where someone's feeding sick lines to her. <laughs> Shit, that was really good. Uh, you know, in other games, I, I and maybe you feel this way about Pathfinder too, because again, it's more of a combat focused thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in other tabletop RPGs, I don't want to find loopholes because, like, what's the point of like in yeah. Monster of the Week? Let's say, what's the point of rolling something and getting plus six when you get if you like stack all your shit on top of each other yeah. when you're trying to get experience when you get experience when you fail? Like, are there mm. other times that you do or do not want to use loopholes? Um, oh, outside man. of Dungeons and Dragons, I think I use loopholes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I I love it because I feel like it's like we always describe this on Three Black Halflings as the hey DM moment. It's like the moment where you get to go to be like hey DM, like you don't get to do that <laughs> because I got this. You know what I mean? Like it feels like that moment, and I think that like for me it adds a fun element as a DM when my player comes up with something that I'm like, will you do what? Like, mm. oh, that's <laughs> clever. Like, yeah, that's where like, yeah. I feel like I'm having fun as a DM because I'm like, oh, that was good. Okay, you got me. I, I done got gut and I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? So like, I'm personally in favor of loopholes and finding them. I think it adds like a fun little competitive, uh, like almost like a little competitive edge to a game, which I think, especially in like a long standing game, isn't the worst thing. Because like, I play very like RP heavy games. There's not, it's not hugely combat focused. So like, I I I quite enjoy a little break from that to be a bit like, whoa, okay, we're gonna put a <laughs> mo- like bag of holding inside of a movable hole, or whatever it is, and then it, everything's gonna blow up and it's gonna be loads. Of, like I'm like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Why not? Like, <laughs> let's let's bust out a can- calculator for this session and see how much damage you do. <laughs> I feel like there's a difference between loopholes, which I like, which you're describing, and exploits. And sure. loopholes I love, like things that are like a spontaneous understanding of the rules and your abilities to the extent that you can just do do this loop-de-loop. Because that's kind of f- finding those those tension points in the mechanics is part, I think, the joy of it is like, how do I use this magic spell that does this really specific thing in a unique way? I think that's mm. so fun. Um, mm. But then I have also played games with people who are are less into the RPG elements and more into the min-maxing. Yeah. And, right. This is what I'm trying to say about Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder. Yeah. Min-maxing, only, you only care about that in a combat-focused type of game. Yeah. Yes. And I, I was in a campaign once, and this, I, this sticks with me because it was so obnoxious, where... <laughs> Um, one character had a bag of holding, one of the most exploitable (laughs) items, I think, in D&D. And it just became the situation where every time we had to do a mission or a quest, it was about finding how to break it with the bag of holding. And it was sort of like, well, you can't breathe when you're in the bag of holding, but what if I put my whole body in the bag of holding and then my head is outside of the bag Uh, of holding? Just stick my head out. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That one sucks. I hate that one. I've had that one try to be pulled on me before. I'm like, get Get a grip. Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) You're either in or you're out. (laughs) Right? Just commit. Commit to the bag. Hold your breath. It's fine. So it gets to that thing where sometimes a loophole becomes an exploit, and it's just like, ah, we're going to the the bag of holding well again. All right, let's get another ladle full of this. It's just like, I'm not just. This is the reason why you can't give them a flying broom, because this will happen time and time (laughs) and time again, and it's annoying. I'm with you. Yes, I think that's a very important distinction, Jenna. There are so many 
many items that were created by some dude in a basement in 1976. <laughs> like, that's what the immovable rod is. It's like, fuck yes. you, Gary. I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking immovable rod. I love an immovable oh, rod. God. I'll defend that uh, until the day I die. It's great. Love it. Love it. I yeah. love the bag of holding, too. I just, you know, a time and a place. I, I, I'm with Yeah, 100%. Like, stuff like that, I'm always like, okay, you can do this, but I'm I'm going to spend the next week until our next session finding a way to punish you for this and punish you hard. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I Like, the bad guy's going to get hold of it, and he's going to draw the string or something, and you're going to be stuck <laughs> in that bag of holding in a liminal space, and he's going to find a way to cast, <laughs> like, a way to you to hold your breath so you're just stuck in a liminal space between states of being for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on you, not on me. <laughs> when you when you're faced with an immovable rod, you must become the unstoppable water. Yes, oh yeah. incredible. <laughs> Jenna, Jenna's incredible. Like these lines are unbelievable. Eric, we need to leave. We need to just let Eric, Jenna have the mic. Yeah, that's fine. Jenna's the new host who gave the feeling. Cool, right. <laughs> done. <laughs> I really love the idea of you doing shenanigans and then everyone hears about it and then starts doing it. <laughs> I remember seeing, uh, I when I was teaching myself how to DM, I spent a lot of time on RD&D behind the screen. Like, there are some really nice subreddits out there mm. of just, like, some fucking guys <laughs> just, just talking about <laughs> stuff. Um, and, like, there there was a, a DM who was like, oh, yeah, I you know, my, my players figure out how to, like, firebomb people through, <laughs> like, you know, throwing... Turn, they invented dynamite and then put it in like a bag of holding or threw it through like a, a portal, like a portal gun style portal and then started dropping it on stuff. And it's like, I don't know what to do. It's kind of trivializing all my stuff. It's like, mm. hey, if you do it enough, then the bad guys know how to do this too. Yeah. 100%. And I think that that would be really interesting. And I understand that it creates an arms race. But any type <laughs> thing that you're... Any type of things that your players do, assume that your people are taking note if they're like heroes of noteworthy or like people of noteworthy within mm. the land. I think that that's totally fair. Yeah. Mm. And also, just remember, as the DM, you'll always have a bigger gun. Like, so if it gets into an arms race, like the players can challenge you to an arms race if you want, but you're always going to have a bigger gun. So, like, it, you know what I mean? If they want to throw that gauntlet down, let's go. Like, we can go there. <laughs> Can't believe you just created mutually assured destruction organically. Wild. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's not mutual because the DM will win. Like, they control the that's, whole yeah, universe. True. Like, it's there's true. no way the players win that fight. Like, <laughs> give me any God. players and I will win. Like, I, I will. Okay, it's a thousand Tarasks. What are you going to do? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, eventually, I'm going to win. <laughs> or not only that, someone's going to be like, okay, and now we're uh, we're doing multiverses now, so we're going to a different multiverse <laughs> where you didn't come up with any of this shit. Congratulations. It's a Marvel movie now. You did it. <laughs> Congratulations. There's xenomorphs here now. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, finally, I get to do my xenomorph impression. <laughs> Good. I've regained the, the hosting energy by doing a xenomorph impression. Yeah, I can't microphone. fight that, and I'm not willing to try. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Oh, Jenna, you don't want to because you're a cop? Okay, great. <laughs> oh, no! Jenna's got quips and she's a cop. That's the two things we've <laughs> I'm too clever today. to be a cop. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's true. What if you're one of those super cops from Mindhunter? Is that good? Would you like that? <laughs> Ooh. Maybe a robe. I'll, I'll meet you at RoboCop. That's the best, my best offer. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. It's like <laughs> if you turn into your your tabletop RPG game becomes like post apocalyptic. It's like great. Now I'm RoboCop. It's no. what I wanted in the first place. Thank you for giving it to me. <laughs> I just want to have a VHS player in my chest. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll just let you do that. We didn't have to do the apocalypse in our game. You could have just, we could have just that. done that. That's fine. That's really more new flesh than RoboCop. I regret it. <laughs> you could have just asked me instead of ruining our fun time together. That's why we have games of feelings. Oh, my God. This has been so much fun. But unfortunately, the VHS player in my chest is running out. Oh, uh, no. Jenna, where can people find you on the internet of all the cool stuff that you are doing? Oh, my God. I, just everywhere. I'm on Twitter. I'm either at the Jenna or the underscore Jenna in every every option possible. TikTok, Twitter. I also have an incredible, as you've heard, uh, actual play Pathfinder <laughs> podcast. It's just Pathfinder. I'm sorry. Pathfinder podcast called Burnt Cookbook Party. It's extremely fun and silly. Uh, it's a time loop story and things are going really good, but also really bad in the story right now. So uh, y'all should come and hang out. It's very fun. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. I also go, I also hang out in Jenna's uh, Twitch chat and it's fun. It's good. Yeah. Good, yeah. good chat. Hey, Jasper, where can people find you on the internet? What are you doing? Uh, they can find me on the internet at JW underscore Cartwright on all of my social medias. Uh, I am doing, I have Three Black Halflings, which is a show you should listen to because apparently people will tell me it's good sometimes. It's rules. It's so good. Thank you. And I'm also uh, doing <laughs> a new podcast, which is coming out very soon. Um, well, the next season is coming out and starting very soon, uh, which is called the Performance Capture Podcast, which is all about uh, doing... Uh, being a performer in uh, video games and the such uh, and using those funny little dots on your face to turn you into cool creatues and stuff like that. So if you've ever wondered how that happens, yeah. how the uh, how the sausage or the pan egg gets made, as it were, uh, then <laughs> you, you can rock all over to that, uh, that part. Uh, it's super cool and fun. And we've got some great guests for this season. So uh, that's me. Uh, Eric, where can people find more of your stuff? What do you look Damn, to? now Jasper is the host. Boom. Fuck, shit. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Uh, uh, you can always find me on the internet at L underscore Silvero. That is E-L underscore S-A-L-V-E-R-O. My name, if I was a Lucha Libre wrestler, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram for that. Uh, I have a new show out right now called Tell Me About It. <laughs> Madcap Game Show, uh, which is a combination of just a fun conversational podcast about the things you love and the most dangerous game. You know, that story where the billionaire <laughs> hunts you. Uh, I'm doing it with Adel Rafai of Hey Riddle Riddle and Hello from the Magic Tavern. Which is... Which Speaking of, I was just on Hey Riddle Riddle this week. I, I, I'm guesting on an upcoming episode, so look out for that. It's all crossing awesome. over. Me and, Adel, <laughs> me and Adel figured out that we were in the multitude multiverse, uh, uh, like live on on the episode. It was very fun. So. Let's go. Yeah, good. A plug for a plug for multitude in the middle of that. Absolutely Ooh. incredible. <laughs> um, so yes, and Adel is incredible, and that is so much fun. Uh, and also, uh, join the party is starting our third campaign. Which which is a pirate yes. story set in the fantasy world of Verdistello with uh, plant and bug people, which has been so, so much fun to do. Jenna, you should listen to that too. I think it's pretty good. I've been mm-hmm. listening to all of your like lead up episodes because I'm really excited about it. And I love all the world building you're doing with your little cabbages with feet. You have? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, oh my god! I could talk to talk to you about it all the time. I'll send you <laughs> the vexology of all the flags. I was also genuinely <laughs> listening to tell me about it on the drive-in to my office today. So I'm just like yeah. deep in the multitude. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you know, keep telling people about games and feelings. We love doing this show. We're doing it weekly. We have wonderful guests. Jasper is here uh, as regularly as he is, and we're doing a live show at PAX East. Yes. Jenna's gonna be 
guesting on it. It's going to be I'll tight be there. as well. Amazing. Yeah, I'm extremely excited. So many plugs. You can also check out all this stuff in the episode description uh, in the doobly-doo. Uh, in the doobly-doo. But Jenna, Jasper, thank you so much for being here. This has been so much fun. Eric, thank you so much for thank being here. Thank you for here. having me. Thank it's you. been a delight. Thank, thank you, us three hosts just together. Us three hosting. hosts just <laughs> hanging out hosting. <laughs> and remember, the instruction manual doesn't have anything about feelings. Except, but you have to stay on rhythm, which is hard. <laughs> Games and Feelings is produced by Eric Silver and edited and mixed by Misha Stanley. The theme music is Return to French Toast Castle by Jeff Bryce, and the art was created by Jessica Boyd. Find transcripts for this episode and all episodes at our website, gamesandfeelings.com. Until next time, press X to enjoy the podcast.